0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to a bonus Distraction Pieces podcast for you lovely people on this lovely Friday. I um, hope you all enjoyed uh, the episode earlier in the week. I thought it was a, a, a lovely one and I wanted to give you another little treat right now. It's Bozzers. Bozzers has been on once before a while back and she's the new host of Ch- Tuesday Night Jaw which is the wrestling podcast on the network um, but this podcast, genuinely, I'd say the last, there's a chunk towards the end, but not even, I mean, the last bit's really good as well. There's a chunk towards the end that is a bit of a, if you're not a wrestling fan, you might not get much f- from it, but all the rest is really good for for anyone. It's really, we. there's been a lot of controversy, I guess, the heavy times in the wrestling industry, and we talk about the correct approaches to, to these things we talk about journalism codes of conduct and um best practice and stuff like that um there's loads of really good stuff that you'll 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 really enjoy i think so um yeah this is a bonus distraction pieces podcast with Kirsty Bosley also known as I started there guys Kirsty Bosley also known as I struggle with a hard b also known as <laughs> As Bozzers. There we go, hard B. Also known Kirsty Bosley, also known as Bozzers. This piece of fiction is the intro of the structure. This piece of fiction is the intro of the structure. This piece of fiction is the intro of the structure. This piece of fiction is the intro of the structure. Right, I'm here today with. Bozzers, how you doing? Yeah,
1: I'm good. Thank you. Thanks for having me on the podcast. I'm really excited.
0: It's good to have <laughs> you back because 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 you were on a long while back, but um, there's been a lot of exciting things going on, isn't there? And you're you're taking over the reins of of Tuesday Night Jaw.
1: Yeah, I took that over. I've had uh, I'm working on the fourth episode now for next tuesday so it's been it's been a bit of a whirlwind but it has been quite nice because the last time that i was on this podcast we're talking about pretty heavy stuff so it's been nice to you know i've never been on a podcast before apart from that so apart from like tuesday night Draw, so it's been good
0: and your kind of hard launch your launch (laughs) proper has been insane with (laughs) drew mcintyre the wwe champ Diana Perrazzo, Impact Champ. It's like going off the bat with some huge names.
1: Do you know what it is, Pip? There's a reason for this. And it's just, you know, when you... Because I've got anxiety, that's something that I live with, something that I take medication for. And I've got this part of me that's like... It used to be that I would shy away from doing things because of my anxiety, and now I'm just like trying to chronically overachieve so that you know because I think well if I just do the absolute best then no one can say that I'm the worst and so I just push and push and push and and just ask questions like can I have Drew McIntyre please or you know I think somebody had said on the internet like how did you manage to get Drew and it's like well I just asked, and there must have been some level of desperation in my voice because they let me have a conversation with him. But,
0: but it's it's interesting because I was I was just I was just recording some bits with Adam Richardson, who does um, the hardest part of the ring and he was saying like they gave you a shout out out this week and they were talking on that like the first guest is drew mcintyre this is amazing (laughs) and and he was asking me how how that happened and i kind of just said it's it's because you're a proper journalist i said with the greatest respect to all podcasters including me it's because you're a proper journalist And i remember when we first started talking you'd hit me up every now and then to say oh there's a press release that says um (laughs) this person's in town they're, they're <laughs> press like here's the contact if yeah. you want to reach out and all my stuff had always been I might tweet them or I might do this or that but because you've got that history in finding the official press contact contacting yeah. the media person for a company or whatever else you just seem to be having success because as you say because you you're asking it was a long other game people are going how would that work
1: It was a long game with the WWE because the contact there, so I started working, my first proper job in journalism was on my local newspaper and when I was there I worked on features so we had like a celebrity double page spread every week or a real life feature and all this kind of stuff and no one was ever talking about wrestling in the in the publication at all, and yeah. it sort of was something that didn't really sit in sport, didn't really sit in TV. It was sort of this thing that didn't really sit anywhere. But yeah. because I loved it so much, I always wanted to force that into what I was doing, and so I would always say to the editor, "You know, can I? I've got a really fun idea." Which is when I worked out with a new day. I don't know if I told yeah. you about that in the past, yeah. but well,
0: I've seen pictures of it and stuff like that. And yeah, yeah.
1: So the guy that arranged that for me was the press contact that's now at the WWE. So we know each other from years ago where he used to send me press releases and I used to run stories about wrestling and about WWE in my local paper. So it's sort of been a long relationship with that guy. And I guess, you know, that's that's part of it. It's like I've got a little, you know, I've got my physical contact book, like an old school journalist, and it's got people in there that I can hit up and that's really useful. (laughs) I
0: love that. I love that. I want to come back to the, journalism angle because i think that's a key part to, it's weird because the way you're taking choosing Night jaw is very f- f- fun and light and bubbly but part of the reason that can be done confidently i think is your history in journalism and your mm. awareness of standards and practice and things things like that so i want to come back to that but we should kind of talk at the start of, again, it's going back to a bit of heaviness, but it's people who aren't going to know any of this because mm. this podcast isn't a wrestling podcast as such. The reason Matt left Tuesday Night Jaw was because of some stuff that went on in British wrestling that made him fall out of love with wrestling a bit. And you did a first episode kind of talking about it all because you felt it couldn't be ignored. Mm-hmm. So for those who don't know, essentially, there was a movement that's referred to as speaking out and it was kind of the Me Too movement of British wrestling as such and it's some amazingly strong women and and men spoke out about abuse in wrestling from mental abuse to physical abuse to s- sexual abuse and it was an incredibly dark revelation as such it exposed that what we all thought was this wonderful thing and these people who were our heroes actually had a pretty rotten core mm-hmm. um and again that that it really you, I mean, you spoke about newspapers not knowing where to cover wrestling. That became all the more evident when this happened, and there was no real media coverage for it. Yeah. And these, there was, you know, if we're just looking at British wrestling at that point, there's shows going at that point before the pandemic, obviously, going on pretty much every weekend to with thousands of people in attendance, you know, across the country and all this kind of thing. So it's a big thing. But the reason when me and Matt were talking about what he wanted to do with Choose that Job, because, again, I'm always on the side of the host, and he was like, look, I hate this world at the moment. You know, I'm sick of it. And I said, look, you can stop completely. That's a a valid option. You can have a break. You can have a pause. And he had a break and decided that he wanted someone else to, to continue it. And the reason we said that was because... Tuesday Night joy has been a great platform and a great a small part of the british wrestling scene for a while now with some really good interviews and stuff like that and it felt unfair to take that platform away for those who are going to be trying to rebuild in the aftermath of mm. of all of this the sad fact is we've realized that we gave that platform to an industry that had a lot of horrible people in and people yeah. doing bad things so it would be <coughs> even more of an injustice to then not give that platform to all the new people who are coming up, or all the good ones who are left, who are always good and were always mm. kind of fighting against this. So that's where we kind of hit you up and, and asked if you'd be, be, be up for taking the reins there.
1: Yeah, I think what's been pretty nerve-wracking for me is, like, one of my best friends ever turned out to be implicated in speaking out. Um, mm. And while I love them and care about them in my heart, you know, I had some of the best memories of my whole life are like tied up with this person. Um, and I think that what that shocked me into realizing is, you know, I, I've had to cut that person out of my life because that's not, I, I don't, I can't move forward in good faith, not supporting victims and, Completely. you know, I that's been really tricksy but what that has also meant is that I'm really nervous about the people that I bring on the podcast because you mentioned there you know the good ones but I'm in a situation where my history of judging who's a good one is flawed you know so it's impossible it It is an impossible task in that way because
0: again it wasn't this kind of the 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 I don't want to make this sound light or frivolous but when you have something like Jimmy Savile exposed and you will mm. go oh yeah obviously look at this the, you know this isn't a surprise whereas so many of the things that came out in this speaking out movement it was a surprise it was yeah. people that you wouldn't have thought of at all
1: and that's element. how these things work
0: that's yeah. how they get away with it and that's how they you know yeah
1: another element of it for me sorry Pippa i'm Really guilty of talking all over people because I'm just so excited no, to you, you, chatter away.
0: You, you, you go ahead, I am as well.
1: <laughs> but one of um one of the elements of that for me is that wrestling generally. When I started going to wrestling, I'm 33 now. I started going to wrestling when I was like 18 or 19 in Britain, mm. British independent wrestling, and I didn't have a community that enjoyed wrestling. So when I was growing up, I had my older brother. And we liked wrestling, but I didn't have wrestling friends at school. And I think that was particularly difficult because I was a girl and it's traditionally not a little girls thing to like. Do you know what I mean? And so I think that when I grew up and started going to independent wrestling, there wasn't many girls there still. And I met people there in my entire adult life this has been my main community like my main yeah. friendship group and I think finding community there sort of left me vulnerable really because then you've got abusers that are in there and you latch you know you latch onto them because you think you know so somebody that I used to interact with really regularly was a really prominent wrestler and he was one of my favourite wrestlers, and from a storytelling perspective, it was one of my favourite things. And when I re- when I look back at what that relationship was, it probably wasn't a stronger friendship as it felt to me because yeah. I I think it was the whole you know I'm a little wrestling loser, and all of a sudden I've got this community, and I think that's what left me personally vulnerable to you know people that maybe in another situation I might not have been as vulnerable to. You know what yeah. I mean?
0: And it's it's such a complex area as well again as with all of these movements there's a plethora of 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 cases and incidents that are are very different different Mm. levels and different severities but they're all unacceptable and it's tough because we do have a tendency to just group everyone in together which isn't fair it Mm. isn't fair on the experiences of the survivors of these things to just Group them all in together, but it's it's I don't know it's, it's 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 something that happens very easily, and I think wrestling is an area, and I've seen it in music loads, not not necessarily a, a, a abusers, but people not n- necessarily acting great.
1: Yeah, if you know, I mean. advantage of their position. Yeah,
0: and 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 I think it's tough because wrestling and music, it's often they're both areas that have got, as you say, these fan bases of people who feel quite isolated and don't mm-hmm. have anyone else who's into this and, f- and, f- and feel like l- little wrestling losers. Mm. Half the wrestlers and half the musicians were they also were as well. those little wrestling losers yeah. and those little music losers. Mm. Then all of a sudden, it's flipped and they've got these people idolising them. Yeah. And and that can be, you know, the the, the whole kind of absolute power corrupts absolutely. That goes all the way a- across. It can be tough. I know that when I got into music, um, the first time I suddenly have had girls DMing me and stuff like that. I was like, "Oh man, I didn't know how to handle <laughs> girls that." Don't talk I didn't to know. Oh, <laughs> exactly. I was the little kid at school with a stutter, so I literally yeah. I was a very late developer and late bloomer, and all these things, and that was tough. And in in the first relationship I was in, as I started to get exposure. I fucked that up because mm. I hadn't had g- g- girls DMing me saying like s- sexual things or whatever, yeah. and it caught me off guard. And I would I've i responded. I said it, it it ruined the relationship because I've selfishly and ugly responded or flirted or whatever else, and that's not acceptable. But I don't know. It gives me that awareness of how easy these things can start to creep in and how yeah. these things can start to, and then if they if they go unchecked again. Mine mine got checked nice and Mm. early because I fucked up a relationship with a really good person who's a good mate now, but, you know, it was completely on me. There was no one else to to blame. So mine got checked quite quickly. Mm. If they go unchecked, it's when they go worse and worse and then we see the the varying levels of of the stuff that's happened in speaking out is when... That will have started with someone who's just like, man, I can have four girls on the go at once. Which... (laughs) It's horrible, but it's yeah. also not a crime. It's I was going to say, you know I mean? there's a
1: difference between being a prick and, yeah. a, and, and being an abuser.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's But again, I think it's that starting point. It's that thing that goes on and yeah. on and on. And the more you go unchecked, and we see it all the time in celebrity, the more you get to a point where there's n- n- no one to, t- 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 to tell you no, or no one to tell you that this isn't acceptable, the less the more those boundaries are pushed and the more you think is acceptable. And yeah. again, I I think, again, I, there's people that were called out in speaking out um, that I know and did consider friends that I've now had no contact with since. Mm-hmm. But I know, I feel a lot of them will have had almost as big a realisation as a lot of us in seeing so. it. A lot of them, in not. I mean in the, a lot of them won't have realised that what they were doing was completely fucked up and wrong. And again, to be clear, that doesn't excuse it in any way, Mm. shape or form. But I think it's that whole thing of villains don't wake up and think, oh, I'm going to be a villain today.
1: Yeah. It's it's not like the
0: movies. It's the real world. It's why, as you say, it can be hard to be that judge of character because it's not that it's not like the movies. It's not a monster that gets up and goes, today I'm going to do evil things. They, they don't know what they're doing is fucked up and that's how they become that, yeah.
1: I think part of that person. as well is is the fact that we don't have, because there's no wrestling governing body, and I, I'm going to be harping on about this quite a lot over the yes, next, you know, yes. until such a time as something happens. But because we've got no wrestling governing body and it's not taken seriously by anyone because it's still you know while those of us that have been watching it for ages see british wrestling as having been around for a long time making a governing body exist is is hard it's going to be a big piece of work and it's one that's you know being campaigned for currently behind the scenes i know that for a fact um but because i think if it was legitimized then maybe there would be a resource for support for people that are you know like you were one minute a nobody as it were in yeah, a yeah, way. Yeah. and the next minute like everyone's favorite hero you know there should there should be some support or somewhere support on all
0: they- sides of things as as well yeah. again it's that it's it's far better to address the issue early than try and deal with the results yeah Do you, know I mean? I you that- want to try and stop that rather than go well here's all the stuff the, the stuff that's happened i don't want any of us said the good people now to end up not being good people. Yeah. So again, it's as as much a case of addressing that early and and as you say, giving support.
1: Taking on care both of the victims of has to come first. 100%, but from 100%. a long term perspective, if this is an industry that we want to see, you know, continue, grow, flourish, which most of us do as fans, you know, we've got to be behind the idea of getting some level of legitimacy because it's it's only now that the government I mean they've bought in a all party parliamentary group for wrestling it's only now that the right, government yeah. are acknowledging it. Um and I know that Andy Quilden who runs Rev Pro said in a recent podcast that to get visas for wrestlers he had to go to the Home Office and explain in depth in this massive essay form why wrestling was a thing, you know what I mean? Why it existed and why we needed to have people in the country to do that thing. And it's like, we are still having to explain it to the government and to the Home Office or whatever, that wrestling's an actual thing, then until we've got that legitimacy, we can't give people the support that they need across the board. And that's like, you know, it it keeps me up at night, to be honest. It really does. Yeah,
0: completely. And again, I think it is, you, you, you touched upon it perfectly with you, your own story earlier that wrestling wasn't b- b- being covered in your local paper because it does sit in its own world it's, it doesn't get covered in the tv entertainment movie type area and it doesn't get covered in sports so as unimportant as that as that may seem from the outside it proves to be really important because yeah. it means it doesn't have governing bodies and standards and practice and stuff that people to keep an eye on it. It means essentially anyone, like not anyone can just put on a boxing event. No. You have to have l- l- licenses, unless you, you're doing it illegally and it's some sh- shady, nasty shit. But that's yeah. that's why that's illegal because it's dangerous. In wrestling, people are, again, it's, it's not real, but people are doing physical stuff that's really dangerous. Oh, no. Um, st- st- stunt work in films isn't real but you need licenses you need standards and practice on set because it's really dangerous yeah um wrestling seems to sit somewhere that that gets ignored that basically i could rent a hall tomorrow and put on a wrestling event and have no first aid there have no no safeguarding as we're speaking of have no experience of what needs to be done and that's not safe for the fans that's not safe for heard of wrestlers that's not safe for anyone so no. yeah it is good that these talks are starting to to, uh, to happen with go- governments and parliaments and st- stuff like this to, to to try and get some kind of and and the, the the thing is the there'll be a level of resistance because well this is how it's always been
1: no I'm not putting on no, shit anymore pip
0: and no one likes <laughs> it when there's oh what i'm gonna have to pay a hundred pound to have a first aider here or to get a license or this and that well I've been doing this for years so that doesn't matter that's again it's it's it needs to become the new normal a very popular phrase at the moment um it needs to become n- normal immediately mm. not this kind of well you know well you know well these guys are all right and they're only doing it in a small venue and there's the, they're not making a lot of money again that doesn't matter if you're putting people at risk.
1: I think as fans, I don't want to say this is our responsibility, but frankly, I feel like I can't anymore. And I've d- I feel like I did it before. I mean, I, I mentioned this to you. I-, I know that I have, but yeah. I came on your podcast. I think it was two years ago, maybe more than that now. And we spoke about this very thing, abuse in wrestling. And then I went, okay, someone else has said they're going to sort this out. That's the end. I wa- wash my hands of it. carried on and then there was more victims and for me now I can't in good faith support wrestling unless I know that behind the scenes I'm going to be doing all that I can to even if it's signing a petition if it's tweeting my MP and asking them if it's writing letters to my MP if it's joining you know the NSPCC's cause to close the loophole that means that trainers can't have relationships with 16 17 year old trainees in wrestling like they you know you can't do that as a boxing trainer you can't do that as a taekwondo trainer so why mm. can you do it as a wrestling trainer it's not acceptable yeah. so it's like i'm i'm doing all i it's my responsibility as a fan to do all i can do to drive a, a systematic change and i know that it's really you know boring everybody just wants to watch wrestling and have a good time but i feel like if you have as a wrestling fan any power or capability or voice which we all have to do something to drive a change then we've sort of all got to start doing it because we can't just sit back and go oh well it is what it is because no i can't yeah. i can't I- i'm not saying that you know single-handedly i can change the face of wrestling i can't do that but if we're if we all do what we can do, then at least I'll I'll feel like maybe I can sleep at night. You know, yeah. I'm I'm a vegetarian. I'm not a vegetarian because I want all animals to live. I'm a vegetarian because I don't want animals to die in my name. So yeah. I, while I know that I can't change the face of wrestling, I know that I'm going to do all that I can. And that's all I can do. And that's yeah. just, you know, it's just got to be that way for, for the victim. So that's what I would implore any wrestling fan to do. Get Completely. involved in the cause.
0: I can completely agree and the last point on that because i want to get back to just the wonderful positivity of of wrestling um this is by chance the perfect time for for these changes to be made shows can't 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 be run safely because of a pandemic Mm. so it's not like it's kind of saying right we we need you all to stop putting on shows until we sort this out sort it out now because you can't be be putting on shows anyway or responsibly you no. know so and if you can't afford
1: where... to put it on responsibly if you can't afford to put it on responsible responsibly yeah. for god's sake yeah if you can't afford to do it in a safe way i'm sorry but you can't do it anymore yeah. I- i'm sorry but you can't because Again, what
0: yeah i mean c- a-, a comparison to music we've seen that in the festival scene when there was the boom of there's a festival in every town, every weekend, they started to get really dangerous because mm. they weren't b- being run s- safely and properly. Because it's, it's, it's a good comparison because they're, they're both areas. I don't know why I've just patted myself on the on the back for how great a comparison it is. But <laughs> I'm, I'm, I mean, it's a good, it's a strong comparison because mm. they're both areas that you get into because of your passion. Yeah. You get into because you love it. You just mm. want to be involved in it. But then you have to realise it's a business and it has to be run responsibly and and safely and, 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 and things like that. Yeah, um, and
1: if you don't see that that's important because you don't have friends or family members or relationships with people that have been victims of the systematic abuse of wrestling, then I'm glad for you. I'm glad mm-hmm. you haven't had to experience that pain because it's horrible as somebody that experienced it myself, not just, you know, had friends that were implicated, yeah. but uh, it, happen- I, it happened to me. I have my own speaking out mm-hmm. story. So, you know, if, if, I'm sure that that helps with the drive to want change, but yeah. if you if you're not impacted, then good for you. But can you still please help?
0: <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. So, so what what was your route into wrestling? You said growing up, you you didn't have. mates who were into it so it must have been an in the house thing right yeah
1: uh, it's it's been it was on tv in my house for all of my life I don't remember a time that wrestling wasn't part of it my mum was a big Shawn Michaels fan and rightfully um, so (laughs) and and that was just it's just always been part of my life I think it was helpful that my brother's like 20 months older than me so we were quite close in age and I think the fact that we you know there might have been times where it dropped off a little bit for me mostly because there was no female wrestlers that I could relate to yeah um and there was times where it dropped off for me but then my brother would get the new warzone game for ps1 and then you sort of get sucked back into it or whatever and i think we like you know it's just it's always been a part of my life for all of my life i don't remember a time without wrestling
0: yeah i love it so 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 what excites you about again all of this I don't feel I. Th- I feel we've talked about it all enough in this podcast that we don't need to caveat everything with. Aside from all of the horrible things that have been going <laughs> yeah, on, yeah. Let's that's assume very that that's clear. normal. Yeah. yeah. Um, what excites you about wrestling at the moment? Because again, it's it's there's loads of g- 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 great stuff g- going on. I've just had a weekend of watching NXT, AEW, and SummerSlam all in a row, and it yeah, it's yeah.
1: wonderful.
0: But what's your 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 thing at the moment for
1: for the past you know for the past few years NXT I mean from there was an initial run when I first started watching NXT which was when it was like Samoa Joe and Pac and uh, Finn Balor and stuff like that and I remember when Kevin Owens first came to it and there's just there's something legitimate about the NXT brand that main roster is just not for me at the moment I think that's you know I'm
0: I'm the same it's It's such a it's such a weird one because people. Whenever I say, because again, a wrestling does get at points like football teams that you can't, p- people have to pick a side. And I don't mm. agree with that. But like NXT no. happens to be my favourite. I really enjoy AEW as well. That's a close second for me. Yeah. But because I rave about NXT, people assume I'm a WWE guy. And I'm the same. The main roster, I drift in and out of that. It's It's mm. not, I'm aware that, again, it's that awareness that things are made For a a variety of people, not all wrestling is made exactly for me, and the main roster is for a younger audience a lot of time. And but I've got NXT, and that is it. Feels like it's made exactly for me. Everything about it, or just every yeah, for years now. In the last year, or since getting into it, around a similar time of Mm. of Finn and Joe. I think I remember uh, when I actually first started was when Kevin Owens came in and, yeah. and, and attacked Sammy. And I didn't know either of them from the indies, and I was just like, mm. wow, this is great. And I went back and watched Finn and a, a few other bits. Um, so from then, I've had this thing where I'm like, this is the first time I've watched wrestling that I feel I'm consciously watching the best wrestling of my life. Yeah, As weird as that sounds, because I loved Attitude Era, but now I love NXT more than I enjoyed Attitude Era. And when I was watching Attitude Era, I was just like, oh, this is wrestling. Cool.
1: Yeah. Isn't this great?
0: It wasn't a, this is a golden era in wrestling because I wasn't grown up enough to... No, of course not. Again, there's a beauty in that. I kind of wish at points I could go back to not having the analysis that you have now of, I don't know if I would have... booked it like that or done this or done that it's like, oh, just just allow it just to be real it. just enjoy it <laughs>
1: something that um, people ask me quite often anytime that I say to people I oh, ask me anything on Instagram or whatever something that people always ask me is like what was the first wrestling match you ever saw and I don't know is, yeah. is, the, is the answer, because yeah, yeah, yeah. back then... I got, so, um, my favourite match now, looking back in hindsight, is um, Brett versus Bulldog at SummerSlam 92 in Wembley. I was there. I That's where you really? Yeah, I was Shit, a little me, kid.
0: I had, I had a sign that had two sides I'd made, and one was just the Ultimate Warriors logo, <laughs> with, like, glitter pen I'd done it in, and yes. the other said, I mean, this is... <laughs> I'm going to s- s- say it seriously... Before I say it, but just quickly, a Kamala, rest in peace. The other side said, Kamala, rest in peace. And obviously he's passed in, in real life recently, but yeah, because it was a, t- a taker and Kamala. And yeah, I loved it. I was there for all of that.
1: Amazing. So for me, I'll look back at that match now and I'm like, wow, what a masterpiece. Like everything, yeah. everything about that match, every minute de- detail, I can like, I can almost count the amount of fringes on Diana's jacket, Because her reactions made that match for me and that lovely brown jacket that she had. But I look back on that match in hindsight and I can appreciate what an amazing match it was. But I would have watched it at the time and been like, oh, it's another... Because Bret Hart's my favourite of all time. Another Bret Hart match, this is the best match I've ever seen. Every single time I watched Bret Hart was like the best, most important match of my life. (laughs) And that's just how I felt about it. So when people say, what was the first match that you remember? Like every. None, none, none stood out because when I was like three or four you know pretending to be my favourite wrestlers every every match was the best match I'd ever seen they weren't separated whereas yeah. now I'm an adult and I can go wow that was trash and I'm, that was really good
0: <laughs> I'm exactly the same In the, like, so I didn't have Sky as a kid or, or wherever the Me wrestling either. was so the first thing I had was an Ultimate Warrior video and again <laughs> it's now acknowledged now that he wasn't the best in ring guy in the world <laughs> but him v Rick Rude, him v Bobby Heenan in a weasel suit match was on there. Him v Honky Tonk was on there, and it was all. They were all the best matches I've ever seen. Yet now I can go. All oh, right, they're, they're terrible matches, but they're telling a story. So is that what you're kind of a fan of in wrestling no. S- storytelling?
1: <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Actually, so s- I, I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I like storytelling in wrestling, but. Yeah. It's just got to be between the fir- the first bell and the end of the match. I want yeah. that story told then. Yeah. So I want to be able to see outside of context and for it to still be amazing. So a couple of years ago, I went over to Los Angeles for the um, PWG Battle of Los Angeles. Yeah. And I hadn't been... Because it's hard to get older PWG. It's not like you can stream it. You always have to get the DVDs and stuff. Yeah. So I wasn't up on... There was people on the card that I'd never heard of, like Puma King or whatever. Yeah. And Puma King's a good example of it, actually. I don't know if you've ever seen any of his stuff. But I got there and I was like, I just know that, it, that I'm going to be told good stories in between the bells, so I had not seen yeah. any... You know, there was no promos or six-month-long storylines. It wasn't going to be the blow-off of a 12-month thing. It was just going to be good wrestling matches and it was but Puma King was a perfect example of that because he came down to the ring and normally I'm not into like mad gimmicks and stuff anymore I like just good quality wrestling but he came down to the ring and he's like a Puma so he's got like little cat ears on his lucha mask and he just lay across the corner like a big pussy cat and was like (laughs) grooming himself and then he was climbing along the ropes like a Puma and it was just it it was like just enough craziness for me yeah, and then the match it. was just you know there was a lot of lucha libra on that particular battle of los angeles but it was just like really high impact and there was a really special i can just talk about this a little bit carly i'm just go, i'm go, aware go, that i'm talking yeah, really fast but there was a moment it was the first time i'd ever seen bandido now bandido's been right. over to the uk since and now he's at ring of honor i believe yeah um i'd never seen bandido before and i'd gone to la by myself so i've gone with a pal but She's not into wrestling, so it was she was going to go to a spa in the evenings that I was going to be at the Battle of Los Angeles. <laughs> so I just I went over there by myself and um, I saw this Bandido match, and it was so good. It was like, you know, when there's just like high impact, like falsy, 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 falsies, and you didn't know what the finish was going to be, and everything was crazy. And I remember the match finished and Bandido won. I think it was the match to get to the final. And I ran from where I was, because I really needed a wee, because I'd been holding my way and this match had really been going on. <laughs> so I ran to the toilet and there was a lady there who, who, she was like a toilet attendant, you know, like giving you lollipops for a pound or a dollar or whatever and like giving you hand wash and stuff, you know, a toilet attendant. Yeah. And they didn't speak English, and I'd been into the bathroom quite a few times and sort of exchanged pleasantries, you know, in a, a sort of like laughing sort of ha ha ha, hi, hi, hi. You know, when you're trying to like, you know, engage with somebody that you don't speak the same language as. And I remember I needed a wee and I ran to the toilet, and as I was running to the bathroom, she'd started running as well, and she'd come up from the toilets to watch that match. And she was running next to me, and we just had this moment. I could cry even thinking about it. Where we like looked at each other, and just the fact that that match was so amazing. We were like gobsmacked and, like, laughing our heads off and, like, she grabbed my hand and we were, like, giggling and it was just this whole really magical moment running back to the toilet. And we we didn't have any conversation about it but we both knew exactly what we were saying. It was the weirdest thing but it was just... It was a perfect example of, like, how... She, I don't know who she sees wrestling. She could be a really big fan. I'd never seen Bandido before apart from during this particular tournament. But in that moment, we were just so connected by this amazing moment. And when I got back upstairs, um, Sophie Owen, who's she's an independent wrestling fan as well, um, I didn't really know her and her husband, but they'd gone over to the Battle of Los Angeles as well. And because we were both British, we'd sort of like done a whole, hi, how's it going? Like politeness. And yeah. she ran out of nowhere when Bandido won and she kissed me on the ear. And it was like, <laughs> it was just such a special, lovely moment. And that was a perfect, ex- for me, that's like, just encapsulates what it, what's so special about wrestling. It was like, we were just all together in that amazing feeling. I don't know.
0: <laughs> it's no, it's it's beautiful because it's, it is, there is something, Weirdly unifying in sporting events of these of when you get to share that moment with a crowd and you don't know each other, but you all were all there, and the beautiful thing about wrestling is it gets to to manufacture those moments
1: yeah as a Mil it's not fan, tribalism
0: yeah that, as yeah. a Millwall fan you know i at the time when I was going like every home game, you might get two or three of those moments because we're not the most successful team, but when they're there, it's electric. Wrestling gets to go, oh, we're going to give you them every event. It might not be every match, but we know we're going to build this here and have that there. It's not a case of, oh, we might go and it'll be a bit duds, depending on the company, obviously, but they know what they're trying to do. So, yeah,
1: Yeah, I completely understand that unity. you'll have 50-50 crowd split, right? So half of them are really happy and half of them are really sad when one particular team wins. But the beauty of really good wrestling is, even if you wanted the other guy to win... What, like, particularly in this match, what Bandido did or whatever the victor does, if it's really, really great wrestling, you're celebrating. Everyone in the room is celebrating. And it's like, even if they didn't want that person to win, you can't deny how great that storytelling was. Then you've got 100% of the room going up and you haven't got people 50% going home crying or, you know, being horrible to their partners because they're miserable about the fact that their favourite lost. Like, it's not really like that. Yeah, it's weird.
0: Com- completely. <laughs> well, I mean, we mentioned NXT, and I mentioned AEW, but the other brand that I'm excited is is coming back soon is NXT UK, and they're one that is kind of it gets overlooked sometimes. But it came to mind because of you speaking of in match storytelling,
1: yeah. and
0: I think v- Volta, I yeah. think. Trent and Tyler. Um, numerous others, but the one that, it, the reason it came to mind was because the first time I saw him, I felt I got a journey every time I watched was, was Ilya Dragunov. I knew you were going to um, say
1: that because I feel
0: the same. He's just so, I've I recently watched the him of Volta from the Indies that has gone up on the network. Mm. And it was one that I happened to not be at. And just the story told in that match was absolutely amazing. I remember the first time I saw him live and and when he first came on to NXT UK, just from his walkout, you go right. I get this guy. I get yeah. it. I know what's happening. It's got the intensity, and then his intensity and his his, his performance. It happens on that vault match. The commentary do a really good job, and and one of the the, the commentator that, that that covers a lot of their their history is former Tuesday Night Jaw host, Matt Richardson um matt richards i say richardson because i've been talking adam. to adam richardson <laughs> uh matt richards um and yeah you get that drop in he, if the commentators can tell you that as you said that six month story if they can tell you that in a sentence or two mm. then perfect because now yeah. we're in the match and we can just g- g- get on with it and he's one that yeah i said he Even came out of nowhere at his for face. Me and just yeah. yeah, his face and his b- his body and everything. His storytelling is just amazing.
1: Because when you mentioned about Ultimate Warrior and thinking that he was the best thing ever, like, for yeah. me, a big part of the... Let me just show you this. I should, probably shouldn't still have it because I know he's quite controversial. But he's one of my yeah, only little, I love it. It's my little wrestling figure. I had all of
0: here, them. I had the first <laughs> one which just, just jumped and then that one where he does a gorilla press and then they did mm-hmm. the third one where he does, like, a bear hug. <laughs>
1: so... I think part of the big draw of *Ultimate Aurea for me, and the only thing that I used to emulate as a child, I used to take all my clothes and just have my pants. And then I would <laughs> sing his entrance music, and I would run, I would run from the kitchen, and I'd run into the living room, jump on the sofa, grab the back of the sofa, shake the sofa cushions, Brilliant. and pretend to do his entrance. And for the most part, like particularly when the when the entrance way was really long. By the time he'd done his run and then circled the ring sprinting, yeah. he was knackered. So his he's in knackered. ring work wasn't particularly There's not a great. lot to do, yeah. Exactly. But that intensity from the outset when he comes out and he comes sprinting and it's intense, yeah. I think that was like one of the biggest cool things, certainly for me as a child, yeah. that made The Ultimate Warrior great. Now, what Ilya's really good at is he comes out and he's neck is bulging and his eyes are red and that's because he's got those contacts and his eyes are a weird colour and his neck's bulging and he's slamming his hands against the floor and he's getting up and it's like oh my god what he's like like he comes in and he's just a force immediate force that's i think and then he gets in the ring and he's not he's not blown up he doesn't do what you know he's like doesn't do what the ultimate warrior did he carries it through till the end and oh, man it gives me chills you know when the camera like zooms in on his face and he's like staring someone out and he looks like he, he will l- literally tear their throat out with his teeth like yeah. oh man i love it i think ilia is probably my favorite in oh, nxt uk
0: oh that's it that's what makes me so excited about about nxt uh, uh, uk coming back is because i'd put ilia in my top five in general in wrestling at the moment so yeah. that's where he happens to be so that makes it ex- excited and again i do think it's real we have a real habit of comparing everything and people will be oh our oh, nxt uk isn't as good as nxt it's completely All different right. though have you got some spare time though because are you, <laughs> uh, uh, you going to watch nxt t- twice or do you mm. want something else and it, it, again it is that And same with AEW. it's it it's all this competition. If you do only have time to watch one, then f- fair enough. It is a yeah. competition. But if you've got the time, we don't need to compare everything and who was best this week, who was, was best last week. It's like, I enjoyed all of it. It's, yeah. I always say it with films, because when D- Deadpool 2 c- came out, I posted about it saying, I love it. And the first comment was, is it as good as Deadpool 1? And my response was, it's better than watching Deadpool 1 f- heard a fifth time <laughs> it's like, I'd, I'd rather have something new is I don't know if it's better or worse but we'll,
1: you know what's don't have funny to compare it all in that way I feel like I feel the same and I do feel like NXT and NXT UK are like two completely separate things I, I just feel like they're different yeah. fla- they're different flavors you know completely. you don't get so much madcap stuff in NXT UK you get like legitimate in ring yeah. bouts but I was gonna say oh yeah what didn't help with this whole, this is better than this, is, <clears throat> I don't want to throw shade at him because I don't want to have bad beef with AEW. I've actually got somebody from AEW coming on the podcast, which is really exciting. Exciting. I'm choosing jaw. Like but Cody, when Cody first started AEW and he did that entrance where he like took shots at Triple H and there was like the, yeah. he smashed the um, throne and all that kind of stuff. And I felt like, I, I know why he did it, but at the time I was like, you big baby. Like, you're doing that exact thing that fans do where it's like us, us versus them. Grow up, Cody. I think, it's good enough as it is. Calm I down. think
0: they're all as bad as each other, though. It's the cringiest part of it. Like, when, And it's stopped now, but whenever commentary on either show would reference the other in a shady or snarky way, it's boring. Grow and same with babies, Seth Rollins or Randy Orton having a go at, at the opposition or whatever. I was like, it bores me. I'm not into yeah. it. And again, if you're doing it, if they had signed some secret deal to have a, a pay per view where both companies are on it, then do that. Build mm-hmm. this story, tell this story. But if it's just for the sake, if it's not for the sake of story building or anything, then just get, focus on what you're. Yeah,
1: on what concentrate you're doing. on and, your own and business. And again,
0: <laughs> to come back to Tuesday Night Jaw, the point when Jim started it was to talk about the wrestling that we like. Mm. And, and and not to be b- b- blind to the fact that there's stuff that's not as good, but if you've got a limited amount of time, at that point in particular, so many wrestling podcasts were spending an hour talking about everything that was wrong with a pay-per-view and then saying, and then the main event was a five-star match. And, and it was, why didn't we spend an hour talking about the five-star match yeah. that was absolutely amazing, rather than here's everything I didn't like about an entrance. And it is easy to do. It's habitual. Yeah. I do it a bit in our in the wrestling group chat i'm in every now and then there will be that oh my god i can't believe that this happened but when you're putting content out i think it's far more interesting to, to, to be positive and that kind of leads us back to what i'm excited about a choose night draw going forward it's two things it's the positivity and the upbeatness that you want to bring to it but also it is your your history of, 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 of journalism because there's a problem in the world in general at the moment of lacks of standards and practice. Um, Mm. The way that media has been merged with social media. So a lot of reporting and a lot of different things that aren't observing the journalistic standards and practice that you're Mm. meant to study. And again, it was an issue that we talked about when you were on previously and it's been an issue with, with this speaking out movement is there have been podcasts who because they don't have that background, have discussed these situations and not discussed it appropriately. And it's not a case of... Again, people can think it's a case of shying away. It's not. It's a case of when you mention... Or when we both mentioned knowing people earlier. The reason we've not named them is because it can negatively affect court cases that are ongoing. It can negatively affect the victims. It can have so many knock-on effects that there's a responsible way to talk about and address any of these things and people forget that stuff being all over s- social media isn't consent. Yeah, it isn't consent to say, oh, you're allowed to talk about it all now. It's like if, if someone c- 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 comes out with something, it's still, it's their story to tell. It's not everyone else's and yeah. yeah, it's a really personal thing. So what's your kind of outlook on all that coming into this as... Boz is the wrestling fan and, and Boz is the journalist.
1: I think the, it, you know, I, I can come across sometimes it's like trying to gatekeep journalism, you know, because I'm going, oh, these are fake journalists. He's not a journalist. That person's not a journalist. What qualif- I want to see their NCTJ qualifications. Where's their certificates and all mm. that kind of stuff. And I think I can be guilty of that, but there's a really good reason to it, and that's because... I I mean, I studied journalism for three years at university and it was an NCTJ accredited course. So not only did I learn how to do journalism from, you know a practical perspective but then there was a really big part of that that had to be um adhering to the national council of training journalist rules and that included things like you know things like defamation or contempt of court it was a big Mm -hmm. one and so it scares me loads when i see people doing stuff as a wrestling journalist you know quote unquote Um, because I think anybody that thinks that they've oh well, I've got 3,000 I've got 4,000 I've got 10,000 people that follow me on Twitter they've got a platform and they think that makes them a legitimate journalist now and that that does scare me you know it really does scare me because it's not it's not easy to train to be a journalist it's a lot of hard work and a lot of money and a lot of effort (laughs) and it's you know and
0: and again because of the kind of tribalism at times of wrestling we won't be able to see that we're not applying the same standards across the the board. So people, if someone tweets or someone podcasts and acts inappropriate with with what they're covering or how they're covering, Mm. people will will jump to their defence. But those same people, like the example I kept coming up to, will agree that Tommy Robinson turning up and trying to expose these grooming gangs or whatever – and effectively, potentially negatively affecting the, the prosecution of those grooming gangs, it's not a good thing. It's the idiots who are going, ah, Tommy is doing, is doing the right yeah. thing. It's like, no, if he ends up meaning that these predators get off because of contempt of court, because of, of defamation, because of all these other things, he's done damage. All he's done is wanted to make himself this hero, yeah, this shining light. And I know that's not necessarily the atten- intention when people cover things inappropriately, but you've got to realise that it's the same thing. Yeah. You, might, you just might not see it as the same, because that's a podcast or a blogger that you well. like or listen to. Mm. They've made the same mistake.
1: Yeah, you can have good intentions, but there's a, there's ways of doing things. And that's yeah. not to say that... I mean, it was something that we, when I was at uni, we used to call um, citizen journalism. So that's sort of how I got my first job in the newspaper, because I was constantly like... Tweeting from the scene because yeah. I would always be like, uh, like you know, if I just happened to be walking through town and there was a bus crash, I'd be like tweeting legitimate journalists and saying, "Here's like, here's a photo of the scene. This is what's yeah. you know, this is what I've seen. This is what so and so said." And I, I always report like a fact. You don't report you how you feel about it or what you think about it realistically as a journalist, which I think I do struggle with a little bit with Tuesday night Jories That I don't it's not about me. It's mm-hmm. about the, st- it's about the story. It's about the news. So that's why I haven't done any like big um, Q and A's or anything. I'd, I'm happy to talk about myself. You know, I'm, I like it as much as anyone, yeah. <laughs> but, but historically, like my job is to take what's happening and to tell you about it. Or if it's interviewing someone, a, a particular wrestler, like Drew McIntyre, for example, it's about, you know, asking him questions presenting his answers i'm not here to say like well actually this is what i think i try and inject a little bit in there because i don't want to be the most boring person alive um but you know you do have to really separate yourself that's the purpose of being a journalist but that's again
0: that's because you've studied it and know that there's a difference between journalism and 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 op-eds and and opinion pieces and that's that's been blurred so much in recent times. People don't realise that journalism isn't meant to be opinion-led. It's yeah. meant to be fact-led. But because yeah. the stuff that blows up now or is more clickbait or whatever else is opinion-led, that's what people see as journalism. It's like, no, that's but not they- the journalist's job.
1: No, and the Independent Press Standards Organisation do say that if you're going to do a comment piece, you need to have it clearly labelled as a comment piece. So if I'm on a, you know, I write still now for news websites, news outlets, um, and if, you know, if it's news, it goes into a news section. If it's opinion piece, it has to be labelled as such. It's got to be very clear from the outset that this is one person's opinion. Um, And the way that social media is and the way, you know, because main news outlets don't cover wrestling we need other people to cover it we need you know as a consumer that's what i want to see i want to be able to read about what's happening in promotions that i don't watch regularly and you know i want somewhere to go and to hear what's going on with that um but they don't adhere to independent press standards organization like rules and regulations then so yeah. that's just that's a scary thing you know because they can present something as being a fact because they saw it on twitter or whatever and it's like no 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 stop, yeah. stop and it's it. scary yeah. yeah it's scary and that's why you know when you asked me to take on Tuesday Night joy i had my reservations because similarly like you know it, it's been hard for me as well you know like i feel the same as matt in that you know i sort of started to fall out of love with wrestling and you know it was painful and there was a lot to deal with and a lot to work through but i also saw the fact that like you were offering me a platform and mm. if and i was concerned that if someone else takes that platform that's not qualified it what could it potentially turn into i'm not saying that you would ever choose anybody that was not yeah, good for no, the job but, yeah, but no, sure. you know so it just it felt a little bit like well this could be a useful outlet for people not just for opinions and stuff but actually like because oh, i keep accidentally referring to it as a magazine when i talk to you and i'm always like <laughs> this particular feature in the magazine but that's yeah. how i see it being and and so you know i do i do think it's helpful that i'll you know stick to the rules and that doesn't mean that like you know i don't know i think it can make you sound like a square or like oh, the press because mm-hmm. people have got horrible views on the press which is always yeah. upsetting but
0: but yeah. um, well, not at all but that's what i like as well that the like we mentioned at the start, I'll start to wrap things up now, but we mentioned at the start that you've had Drew McIntyre on and Deanna Purrazzo, and you've paired those episodes with up-and-coming indie talents in Aaliyah James and Shakara. Yeah. And they're people often say on this podcast, it's the people you've not heard of that have the most interesting stories. And both of them had some bits in there that, blew my mind. Again, the yeah. fact that Chikara at, like, f- f- 15 was like, I'm going to go and s- start wrestling. And at 16 had her first match in, like, a proper I promotion know. and stuff like that. And Aaliyah, I'd assumed that she'd been around for ages and I'd only only just heard of her in the last year. The reason I'd only just heard of her in the last year is she started a year or two ago and she's already <laughs> yeah. in some of the biggest organisations. I was kind of, I saw her on, or I saw that she was on Rev Pro and on, on Sh- Shard and Friends. And I was like, "Wow, who's this?" I've generally everyone on these shows I've heard of or whatever. I was, like, "Oh, I've missed someone here." And then hearing mm. on the podcast, it's like, "No, it's because she just started and just happens to be a natural." Yeah, but she's yeah. a
1: natural. Well, she's great.
0: Where can people find you and get in touch? I mean, I should mention that you've you've you speak about it as a as a magazine show. You've brought in the the classic calling effect that, that dude. People um, are so
1: scared of that.
0: Yeah, so on the show, you give out a WhatsApp number and people can yeah. leave voice messages that will be in the episode or be addressed or be talked about. And people are a bit nervous, right?
1: Yeah, I think I think because people don't quite know what I'm looking for. And it's I new. also don't quite know what I'm looking for. People are a bit apprehensive. Um, but I've had a few people, I'm just checking my burner now. I've got like a little, uh, little burner for cheese night jaw, But yeah, I want it to be that... Um, People can share their, you know, what's your favourite match of the week? What did you think about this? And if people want to say, you know, I thought this was shit, that's fine as yeah. well, they're allowed to do that. Um, so what is so the number? Can... Let's
0: give it out here as well.
1: <laughs> okay, um, let me just... So I'll try to get a jingle made for it, but I was having a bit of a mare. Um. So it's... Oh, God. 07916797187. <laughs>
0: Perfect. <laughs> i <laughs> love that as a that's jingle that's i have to
1: try and remember it. i've just opened it up and i'm like i'm sure that's not i'm sure that's the number 07 916 787 187 oh dude what if it's not
0: <laughs> you might have just given a random number out.
1: listen man don't phone given, me on that get on twitter
0: <laughs> you've given the number out on on the episodes and that's always there so that'll be accurate right
1: that's why i need a jingle you see someone sent me a jingle a listener yeah. Sent me a jingle that they'd made themselves for my phone number, which was extremely adorable.
0: Amazing. Yes,
1: yeah, so I try love and get that. that put on to so, episode. but
0: people can find you on tw- on Twitter and Instagram, right?
1: They can. Um, Instagram, I'm a little bit. I do a little bit less on there because I haven't really got all that much to say. It's sort of like photos of you know my dinner or whatever. But yeah. Twitter, p- particularly, I'm at Bozzer's. Well, I'm at Bozzer's everywhere. I think, but Ozzers are at so Bozzer's
0: perfectly spelt.
1: Yeah, or if you well, want to check out my journalism, you yep. can go to. Um, www.bosers.co.uk you can see some more journalism. I've done some, I've written about wrestling for The Guardian before so that's on there. Amazing. You can have a little look, yeah.
0: I love it. Well, I'm excited for, for all that is ahead and um, yeah, I couldn't be, be more pleased having you part of the team and it's. Uh, Thanks, man. There's good things ahead, I think. And again, in Brit wrestling in, in general, the couple of. of of wrestlers that we have mentioned that you've had on in Aaliyah james and Chikara and there's loads of other shikara sp- spoke a lot about candy floss and there's loads of other really good wrestlers who are going to hopefully continue to build something amazing out of the, of the of the ashes of what quite rightfully had to be burnt down and mm. and, and cleaned out so yeah
1: yeah, I'm, ex- I'm. I am excited about it, and I, I'm. I'm. I think like doing Tuesday Night Jaw is reminding me a little bit of what it is about wrestling that I love because it's a healing process, isn't it? And I think yeah. it is for a lot of people. And you know, we've we've just got to try our best. But along with all that light hearted stuff, it is going to be some heavy stuff that we have to keep acknowledging it yeah. along the way. But we have just got to try our best, have not we? And that's it. And I, yeah, that's that's that.
0: Definitely. Who's your dream guest? Is it? Is it Bret Hart?
1: No, it's not, actually, I couldn't, I couldn't, I just couldn't, I've never met him, I've met quite (laughs) a lot of wrestlers over the years, but, I I mean, I don't know how I'd feel about it, because I've interviewed a lot of celebrities over the course of my career, and some of them were, like, really amazing, like, uh, David Hasselhoff was lovely, and he's like, hey, Christy, how's it going, and all that kind of, it's really cool, and then I've met some really prominent celebrities who were jerks, Um, Yeah. And my biggest fear is that Bret Hart will be a jerk and then I'll be forever like heartbroken about it because yeah. it's, it's my memories. But I just, all I want to do, and I've thought it ever since I was a child, I want to just be on the front row and have Bret Hart give me his glasses.
0: Oh, it's the dream, isn't it?
1: I want that so much, Pip, I could cry.
0: It's the dream. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll let's hope that becomes a reality at some point.
1: <laughs> yeah but yeah dream guests so i'm hoping to get some people on that uh, are sort of prominent in other areas but that just happen to like wrestling yeah so they're not not necessarily wrestlers i want to have conversations about what it is that we love about wrestling because yeah it's a it'd be nice to take that back so we'll see what goes on with that but stay lovely
0: tuned. well thank you very much for your time it's been a pleasure
1: yeah it's been lovely thanks for inviting me on thanks for your support you're always wicked to me so i appreciate that no worries bye you've been listening to Scroobius Pip's distraction pieces.
0: There we go. That was Bozza's. I hope you enjoyed that. Um since we talked about it, a website has launched called wrestlingsafely.co.uk. Um it's fantastic. It's it's you know we talked about that people have been talking to parliament and all that. It's all tied in with that and it's really it's p- positive. You'll be able to find it easy if you go and look at Bozza's socials cuz she uh, has shared it and all that kind of thing. But yeah, I hope you enjoyed that. And I hope as many of you as possible all go over and give the new era of Tuesday Night Jaw a listen. The Jim Smallman era was iconic. The Matt Richards era was also iconic. And I'm just equally as excited about the Bozzers era. And those guests, mate, those guests that she's had, in fact, since launching after the Speaking Out episode, she's gone WWE impact and then aew as her guests it's pretty impressive so yeah go and give that a listen choose Ch- night draw out of course every tuesday and f- follow bozzers at bozzers i'm quite stuttery on this intro and outro aren't i i wonder if i'm tired who knows anyway i'll be back on wednesday with another frankly astounding guest yeah just you wait just you wait this is insane If you think the Joe Talbot episode was strong, we're just going from strength to strength, my friends. All right, I'll see you all next week. Ta-ta.